Hi everyone, Robin Logan here. Last week I had the pleasure of interviewing Karen Tweedy about a new approach to coaching which has taken hold in Europe and now it's being explored in the US, Australia and other places around the world. The approach is called Systemic Constellations, which is um, a theory or body of thought that has its roots in family systems theory. And what it does is look at a client's problem or issue through the lens of a system. Um, so I'm going to explain a little bit about what this is before we head into the interview. And for those of you who don't know Karen, Karen was actually the first non-North American global president of the ICF, the International Coach Federation, in 2009. Um, and also a leader in coaching in Australia, where she has been for 20 years doing consulting, coaching, facilitation and training, um, both um, by herself and through her company Point Ahead. So she is now exploring this new approach to coaching called Systemic Constellations. And she's set up an organisation with a range of other um, colleagues called the Academy of Organizational System Dynamics and these four or five people are looking with Karen at approaches to systemic constellations in business in organizations um, and in coaching so we talked a bit about uh, systemic constellations Karen defined it for us in more detail uh, but look at its essence it really is looking at uh, the client's problem, as I said, through a system rather than through uh, the lens of, of just the self. Now that system might be their organisation, it could be their family, it could be the economic context they're living and working in, it could be anything really. Um, and, and one of the main features of it is that the process is often very physical and can involve very little talking and long reflective silences. It's actually quite a difficult thing to explain in words. Um, so I thought I would just share with you two experiences I personally had with Karen on systemic constellations uh, before we get into the interview. The first one was at the ICF conference in Sydney and the second was during a private session. So the Sydney workshop a couple of years ago, uh, Karen asked participants to get into groups of three and workshop a particular problem by assigning meaning or representation to your other your two partners that you were in the group with and then you place them around the room in proximity to yourself and to each other. I don't remember exactly how it went but I do remember one of the people was to represent my future self and I think the other person represented my issue or challenge. So I had to position them from me and in relation to each other physically in the room by just guiding them gently with my hands. Nobody speaks, they just stand very silently with their arms by their, by their sides. And when you finished that, we were invited to look at um, how that felt and if, if indeed you could get any meaning from the configuration. So, you know, what direction was my future self facing? Was it facing back to myself, out to the front, off to the side? Um, it was quite interesting to see the meaning that might have um, been gleaned from this. The second example was in a private session I had with Karen to look at a, an organisational structure or restructure in my company, International Coach Academy. Once again, we gave representation to the people in the organisation. Um, this time we used cut out figures of feet and we placed them around the room. 
So I placed groups of people together in clusters and, uh, you know, according to where they were now and where I thought they should be. And then we looked at where they were in relation to me and each other. And I noticed things like, why had I put the sales team and the training team so far apart physically? Or why were the admin staff all gathered in a circle? Um, and look, like lots of coaching tools, for me, the debate here or the conversation here is not about whether it works or whether it's better or worse than traditional coaching. It's more about what are the valuable insights that you're able to gain from doing this sort of exercise. Just like coaching assessments like Myers-Briggs or, or DISC or whatever shouldn't be used um, as assess assessments in and of themselves, but rather as conversation starters. Um, I think systemic constellation work is a great way to open new conversations and new questions that I believe would not have been posed through traditional sessions. So let's get into the interview. And one last thing just to mention, there's a conference coming up in September. It's September the 18th to the 20th in Sydney, Australia. Uh, it's the Systemic Structural Constellations Conference with two uh, well-known speakers on the topic, Insa Spara and Matthias Varga von Kibet. And both those speakers you can find um, on YouTube and uh, online. And it looks like it's going to be a great event. So that's the 18th to the 20th, 20th of September. And you can find out more about that in the link below. Okay, enjoy the interview. So systemic constellation, which is one of the interests you have now, um, can you just explain to me and to the listeners what that actually is? Well, no, not so easily. <laughs> <laughs> no, the reason I say that, it's, a, it's quite an interesting way of working. It's highly experiential um, and the language uh, of constellations is um, pertaining to it being phenomenological meaning it's a thing that you experience so it's um, it's practiced it's often practiced um, with uh, groups of people uh, looking at any particular human system that a person is um, concerned about or, or bringing to an issue um, you know in modern society we think of ourselves as you know being islands and it's all down to me and I'm self-actualized and all those sorts of things but constellations looks at um, the systems we're embedded in, and there's multiple systems, whether it's our family, our work, our neighbourhood, um, you know, our gender, just a na to name a few. So this is a way of looking at those and seeing within a system there are certain underlying principles for well-balanced, um, smooth-flowing systems. So just looking at a system and uh, identifying where the system itself might be out of flow, where there needs to be some tweaking or some um, uh, shifts in the system so that it works better. And a lot of the, all of this really happens unconsciously for us. So being able to bring a set of principles and understandings about healthy flowing systems, the practitioner can assist the, um, the client. Mm -hmm, mm. And how do you actually do that? How do you look at that? Do you have a discussion about you know, the different systems in your life with your client or what happens? So let me just pick one way of um, working with systems. So as a coach, uh, where I use it in my coaching is often one-on-one. -on -one. And so uh, what I'm looking for is um, the client bringing 
a challenge that seems intractable. You know, there's so many elements to it. No matter what they do, they can't seem to get any traction. And so I might then, to use a cliche, put on my systemic hat and start to think about what might be happening there that has a systemic element. Now, not every challenge a client has can fit into this category, but I'd be listening for that. And I'd be, in my own mind, looking at what elements of the system are showing up or not showing up and being excluded, possibly, in that client's system. Mm. So once I get an idea of that, I can help them map that out. And I might do that by doing it on a tabletop. I might have particular... I can have figurines. I've also got some interesting, very corporate-looking blocks that I can use. Or I might actually get them to map it out on the floor. And that, that's just a really valuable way to start because once you've externalised your felt sense of the system you're involved in, it reveals some pretty interesting dynamics that the client in particular, in particular may not have been aware of before. Yeah, Wayne, well, that was my first experience of this systemic constellation. I've had two experiences with you with this. One was the ICF workshop in Sydney, I think it was, and the other one was a, just a private session you did with me, and they were both quite amazing. Um, the first one, the ICF workshop one, um, can you just describe again the exercise you had? I know you had us all standing up, we were facing each other, and we had to interact, but I can't quite remember the, the actual questions. Do you know what they were? That's, thank you for springing that <laughs> It was something like the the theme of the conference was about um, I think you know connection and and the future I can't remember but it was about yeah looking at um, what elements we wanted to take into the future and how we might um, best engage with that what's our best relationship to the future something along those lines and I think people broke into groups of three where someone represented the future someone, you know, particular resources and someone, the third person represented, you know, the client or whoever was... That's right, that's right. Someone, you got each person, so we're in groups of three and someone represented the future, someone represented the client, someone represented the past. Was it like that? I think it was not the past. It was seeing, um, you know, particular resources and where oh, yeah. where those resources were best positioned with the client and the future. You know, that's right. And then we had to physically move our partners in our group into positions that felt right. And then, so this to me is sort of like at the heart of the systemic constellation, which is interesting given the description you've given so far is it all being about systems. My experience of it was it was all about feelings which is weird. <laughs> well, um, it's the felt sense, so it's, it's a somatic experience. So the instruction for, you know, so as a trained facilitator, what my role is is to assist a client, whether they're working with others, as you're talking about at the conference, or whether they're working one-on-one with, um, you know, uh, placeholders or icons or something, is to report how they feel in a particular situation. So that feeling, it's not like happy or sad necessarily, but it's about I've actually got a tight feeling in my chest standing here or um, I'm feeling my right arms quite um, cold. Or So there's certain physiological feelings and also um, what's also felt is where the attention's drawn, what's of interest. 
Mm. Um, you know, what's the if you're looking at someone else in your system, say in the example you gave of the ICF conference, if you're looking at your future and you feel yourself smiling a lot and feeling really drawn to that, then there's some information in that for you. Or if you have a disinterest in the future and you're more preoccupied with something else in that place in your system, that says then maybe there's some tweaking need to be done about where you're imagining the future or some qualities that it might bring. My experience of it with you, um, when we did the private session, I was looking at the um, organisational structure of International Coach Academy of my, my company and I was looking at how can I move the pieces around a bit to try and get better teamwork happening, to get better productivity um, and to work out what positions I needed to employ in. And so we did this thing where I put feet on the ground to represent certain positions and then stood in amongst that and actually felt, oh, that doesn't feel right. That It feels to me like those feet should be more over there and these people should be more there. So, And that spatial awareness was something that, having already tried to think about the problem quite a few times on paper and quite a few times on the phone talking to someone else, to be physically standing in a, in a space and then moving around that space and, and then shifting things within it, it, it was a very um, you know, feeling experience for me. So I think it's quite ironic that the name of it brings up another connotation. Or is that just me? Does anyone else ever say that? <laughs> um, I think that's just you. But, <laughs> but let me say, it is a very hard thing to describe you know, because it is such an experienced phenomenon you know mm -hmm, it's, just, mm -hmm. it's very hard to capture all those pieces and describe it's like describing a sunset or something you know like yeah. you might get little essences of it though you know being out there and experiencing it and being able to take it away with you in that embodied sense so that's what's also powerful about this stuff is that um, the instruction often at the end of a uh, a systemic constellation uh, session is not to go talk about it, not to take it back into your head and rationalise and think it through and tell everybody, mm -hmm. but to allow it to work on you. You know, allow you to get the, to keep with you the sense of the flow that often results in the final movements of the constellation. So mm. it's a very different thing for the modern Western mind. And what do you want on that note? I have heard some coaches, you know, talk about it like it's a, some new age um, cultish weirdo phenomenon. What would you say to those people? I would have been the most cynical person, you know, ten or fifteen years ago. Um, it is different, though. It's it's not, um, you know, new age. It's been around for some time, particularly uh, in Europe. Its birthplace seems to have been Germany, and uh, for people who are interested to Google Bert Hellinger, that's H-E-L-L-I-N-G-E-R, Bert Hellinger, he's seen as the father of it. So there's much written about it, um, highly uh, skilled and experienced practitioners of it. Um, it's, you know, it's very well thought of, though quite new in Australia. You know, um, only in the last, say, four or five years is it starting to get some traction here. <coughs> okay, interesting. Um, okay, so uh, tell me what is coming up. Uh, that's one of the things we wanted to talk about. There's a, a conference coming up in Sydney in September that is Systemic Structural Organisations. 
which consolations is, in organisations. Consolations in organisations. So it's it's slightly different. Well, um, so let me just answer that in a little bit more broad terms. Um, I came across this practice when I was in Europe in 2009. I was at um, the European Mentoring and Coaching Conference um, and um, a colleague of mine said, look, come along to this Constellations workshop. I had no idea what it was. And it was an, a demonstration of using Constellations for a... Um, organisational challenge. It was a consultant and having trouble in a family business and looking at how that might work. And the minute I saw it, I was blown away. It was just incredible. Uh, to me, it just had such power and such potency and you know, there was just some undeniable truths that were um, exposed there. Anyway, when I came back to Australia, I thought, right, that's it. That's my next thing that I'm going to focus on. And in doing my research, the only real way I could study it was looking at it through family constellations, which is its genesis. Uh -huh. um, so I spent uh, 18 months, two years studying in that field because it was all I could access. But always, whatever I learned, I knew I was going to take into organisational work. So, so sorry to interrupt. So you're saying, so this is 2009, so there wasn't really any study of uh, systemic constellations to be done at that point? Uh, that, well, there was. Not in organisations? Not in organisations. Not in Australia. Right. Not face to face. Right. Um, it's possible it may have been able to be accessed remotely, but I'm not sure. I can't. Yeah, yeah, but pretty much it was, um, it, I mean, you could study family constellations, which is a, a, a separate thing, which is a form of counselling that psychologists use with families. Is that right? That's true. Um, though, you know, I, I'm a, I enjoy learning and I've done mm -hmm. um, study in solution-focused brief therapy. Now, you would say, well, that's not for coaching either, but the structures and the, the way it's used and the language and the distinctions are all great things to use in coaching. So often I'll go and learn something that I think, well, it's not you know, primarily about coaching, but you know, given that I'm fairly experienced, I'm sure I can bring it to my clients, just mm. knowing they're a healthy, uh, functioning um, group of people. So similarly, I thought, well, whatever I learn in the family place, I can use in the organisational space. Yeah. Um, and it's not all translatable, uh, but, you know, there's some good stuff. The good news is, though, <laughs> as of last year, um, some colleagues and I have come across some, you know, terrific organisational um, uh, practitioners there's a group of us have gotten together and out of that comes this um, uh, group we formed that is looking specifically at uh, organisational constellations and to answer your question in a very long-winded way, <laughs> the workshop in Sydney on the 18th to 20th of September is focused on organisations. It'll be run by uh, two people out of, uh, are they Dutch I think? I think they're Dutch, mm -hmm. uh, who'll be coming long-term practitioners in the organisational space. And they're bringing um, a way of using constellations that's a very structured way. Uh, they refer to it as a grammar or a syntax mm -hmm. of um, constellations. So where the family uh, constellations relies on the facilitator to really take the brief to see what system it might reside in and what needs to be there, this structural constellations is very is more formulaic, and I mean that in a good way. It gives you a structure and a, a way of approaching that's far more uh, overt than mm. maybe work in the family place. Mm. So 
So that's what's happening in Sydney. And, and so the, the organisation then is the, what's it called? The Academy um, of Organisational System Dynamics. The Academy of Organisational System Dynamics. I wonder, I hope that doesn't fail the radio test. <laughs> Did I tell you about that? That was when I was doing branding work at ICA and um, one of the domain name brokers I was working with said that your URL always has to pass the radio test. If someone hears it, on a podcast or on the radio, they can go home and type it in. <laughs> well, on that, yes, but it certainly does, Robin. Yeah. No, I think I think it's got all the keywords there, and if you type your name with it, so if people forget, they can uh, just type your name alongside it, and it should come up. Plus, we can put it in the in the notes anyway. Um, okay, so the Academy of Organisational Systemic System Dynamics. Yep. That is a group of, um, I'm just looking, four people, two, three, four, five people, and all working in this area as a new thing and looking at how it can apply to organisations. In Australia, yeah, in and Australia. New Zealand, I guess, because it's highly you know, well-respected and well-established in Europe, not so much here. Our focus is to start to build the awareness around it um, to bring some international um, practitioners mm-hmm. out for the local market and to go on and you know, develop up other offerings and, and so forth um, in the future. But we're very early days. Uh, on that website you'll find a couple of articles. You'll see um, Dean Mason and I interviewing, you know, having a bit of a conversation about it as well. So okay. you know, there's, there's a few um, resources there that will give you a taste. And how have you found the take-up? Like, are, are companies interested in this? It can vary. If you listen to Dean and I speak, I tend to use it with organisations that I know already. Mm-hmm. So I rely on the relationship I've built and the credibility I have. Whereas yeah. Dean will take the view that he'll just say, right, this is what we're doing, you know, and mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. introduce it that way. But anyone I've worked with has found it terrifically useful um, it can be done with teams, you know, it can be done with individuals, um, it can be done to look at products and um, um, experiment with where you might best release them and how they work with old products. So you can sort of do um, experimentation. Yeah. And, well, there's also, there's, it's really... Uh, but it is that thing, like, honestly, if we thought it was hard enough to get coaching accepted and as something <laughs> that wasn't... Um, you know, way out there. I mean, I know myself when you first told me about it, if I hadn't actually done it, I think I would just think, oh, really? I don't want to waste my time with that. But having done it, it's quite amazing. So, yeah, that's the thing. We've got to get people doing it so that they know how 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 good it is. And also, I just think it's... It, it, we're just not used to thinking in that way. Like you said earlier on, we spend a lot of our time, you know, um, analysing things in a in a more traditional way, and don't. Although in coaching there is a lot of talk about intuition, but what I think is interesting about this is it gives you um, gives you a system to work in that way. Whereas if you're just a coach that wants to work in a more intuitive manner, it's hard just to sit there and try and you know intuit. <laughs> you know what do you do? How do you do that? So can I answer that in two ways? One is just having an understanding of it and you know, some exposure to it. You can, as a coach, get some real value out of simply mapping the system, so mm-hmm. asking a person to you know, place themselves with a key other person they're working with and see um, you know, what are influences and just see what they notice. And even just mapping it out can be 
highly effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is just to, uh, it makes me think of a client I had very recently where I did a, a one-on-one a session with her and her issue was that she had um, she was feeling lost, she was overworking, she had no support from senior management, there were so many things that were getting in her way of what she wanted which was some you know good mentor and support to bring all she had to her role. Mm-hmm. Anyway we mapped it out and what became really clear was she was letting all the things that were obstacles to her get in the way and when we realigned the system so that the, the resources she had to work with were right in front of her and easily accessible, um, she said, of course, I'm letting all the obstacles you know, mm-hmm. consume me. Mm-hmm. And um, at the end of it, she said, you know what, I just feel so much clearer. I feel less you know, put upon and more able to do things. Now, I say all that. If we'd had a few sessions, she would have got to that over time in that conversation. You know, we all yes. know. Don't get overwhelmed yes. by the obstacles. Yes. Just go with what you've got, you know. Go for it. But the fact is she actually experienced herself within the hour. You know, she yes. had a felt sense of what it's like to, you know, focus on your resources, not be overwhelmed. Yes. And, uh, you know, a visual sense of what that was like as well. So even though logically we could have all told her that, she experienced it, and uh, it was a, a much more fast-track way of, um, yeah, making a shift that was to her benefit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it it is this this area of the of the body or the somatic is is very very underplayed in coaching, and I, I wonder if that's because a lot of coaching is done on the phone. I don't know, but well, you can do this stuff on the. Phone. You can do this on the phone. How how do you do it on the phone? Just asking a person to map out on her, their desk, if on you their like. desk, you know, yeah, yeah, and and share with you what they're doing. And again, as a trained facilitator, you you know some of the dynamics at play. You yeah. Know, when you know when one thing's in front of another, that that's something of significance. You know, so there's a number of yeah you know, underpinning you know um, tenets that you can. Mm-hmm. Pull, yeah. I just think using the body, it's it's underutilized. I know myself when, just to go off on a complete tangent, but I used to teach um, deaf students. I don't know if I ever told you that. Mm. And so I sign, um, you know, Auslan, not that well, but I can completely, you know, if if someone walks in the room, I can have a conversation with them. But, you know, I haven't used it for a long time. And occasionally I'll bump into someone who's deaf and I'll start talking to them and then this bizarre thing happens. It's just like a body memory. It, You know, words come out that I had no idea I knew. Like if you asked me what's the word for table, I couldn't I couldn't give you the sign for table. But in the middle of a conversation in the moment with a person and we're both signing, it comes out. Mm-hmm. So the body really does have secrets and and it knows things. And so to tap into that I think is a really interesting thing. Mm, that's nicely put. I like that. Mm. It's true. There's you know and we're connected, you know, the very fact of the exchange and being involved with someone else um, gives us information we wouldn't have had otherwise you know mm-hmm. it allows us to access it and so with the connected bit so is is part of the idea behind this you know instead of trying to solve your problems by yourself and look at yourself which is actually something we look a lot in coaching as well you, you we do encourage our clients to look within and to see you know what beliefs they might be holding or um what it, what, in what way they are responsible for the reality that they find themselves in. 
Is this sort of like the opposite that, or just a complementary way that you're saying, well, okay, you can look at yourself, but let's actually look at where you sit in your system? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you'd say it's the opposite. And, and that's nicely, um, what you said nicely states what I think I was trying to say before, which was that some things are beyond us. You know, when, um, you know, when we're trying to fix something that, we don't have control over no, ma- no matter how much navel gazing and um, you know commit how many commitments we make we can't affect that some things are bigger than us yeah. and so and some things are not you know some things can easily uh, be worked through in other ways very effectively yeah and then there are things that are intractable they're ongoing no matter what we do they still keep coming back um, or you know often in an organizational setting how this comes up is um, you know, there might be a, a role in the organisation that no matter who they bring in, you know, the next golden-haired person comes in and takes that role, it all turns bad. Yeah. There's something about the system and uh, what's not, yes. you know, what's not functioning well that an individual can't overcome that systemic issue. Yes. Um, so without going into a whole lot of detail, that's a, a common phenomenon that would suggest there might be something more systemic that needs to be looked at. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So if I was a coach and I wanted to get into this as a niche um, and, and add this or even specialise in this, where can you go now to study? Um, or would I just do the same sorts of things that you've done? So look at, well, definitely come along to this conference. Would be good. I think that's a start. You get yeah. an idea where... Um, you know what it what it's got to offer mm-hmm. um, as I was saying the, the road I've taken it, it can sometimes be difficult to translate those um, more hidden work that a family constellator might do whereas this gives you something overt you can actually invite a client to say look here's a here's a process I've got this is how it works there are these particular elements in it, you know, would you be willing to do it? Whereas, you know, if you, the other way is to say, look, I've got an idea, how about you do what I suggest? <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. So it just gives, to me, there's more rapport in it, you know, mm-hmm. it feels more an equal partnership. Yes. Um, yeah, so a good start would be this workshop, I think, because it's, it's more overt and clearer link to organisations. And then you're in amongst people who know it well, um, there will be conversation to have. Um, the, associ- the Academy of Organisational System Dynamics will do some other stuff, you know, in the next year sometime. Yeah. But you know, you sort of it's like jumping in and having a little paddle around and see yes. of interest. Yeah. 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 And uh, I know that it, it's well known in Europe because one of our trainers um, brought it up in a teleclass a couple of weeks ago, and invited people to start to think about things from from that perspective. So I think, yeah, th- there are connections to be made depending where you live in the world. Um, and on that note, will the conference be, um, will there be any video or notes or anything from it or is it f- mainly for people who are either in Australia or coming to Australia? No, it'll be more um, being, no, so there won't be anything that'll come out of it. Well, having said that, now you say that, maybe it'll be <laughs> something like that. But this stage is not planned. Um, so people will take their own notes and each of the constellation um, uh, experiences will be photographed so people will be able to... Oh, great. Um, so if you attend, you'll, you'll have those sorts of things. Um, actually, there's a couple of good books I can recommend. 
Yeah. Um, there's a book by John Whittington. He's in. He's the man I saw at the conference in um, the Netherlands, where I oh, yeah. was the first person I saw. And he's got a book called Systemic Coaching and Constellations. Okay. okay. John Whittington. All right. We'll put that in the notes as well. Yeah. Yep. He's got a really nice website, and that's worth seeing. So he mm-hmm. does one-on-one coaching and uses it in organisations. And the book that... Um, uh, so the, con- the workshop in Sydney is being run by... I have to be careful how to say these because they're not natural. Insa Spara, mm-hmm. a lady called Insa Spara, and her partner, uh, Dr. Matthias Varga von Kibbed, mm-hmm. or Kibbed, maybe. But uh, Insa Spara has written a nice book called Miracle, Solution and System. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe what I haven't said on this call is that the work we'll do in Sydney is marrying a solution-focused approach with systemic constellations. So there's some really nice work out of that. Marrying solution-focused coaching. Oh, solution-focused approaching. Approaches, approaches to, to coaching. constellations. Oh, oh okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, that, that would be interesting. Oh, that sounds, sounds great. <laughs> um, and uh, d- the other thing is, do you uh, take individual clients or do you work mainly in co- with companies now? No, they're individual clients. That's my main practice at the moment. Okay, well, that's a great way for someone. If someone wants to know about it, if I wanted to know about this, I would just come and get a session with you. <laughs> that's oh, that's a good woman. <laughs> in fact, you have. I have. <laughs> so I recommend that to any coach. I mean, that's one of the things at International Coach Academy, we don't, specialize in just one area like life coaching or business coaching and we really develop and and ask our students to develop their own niche and part of that really is the research phase where it takes a while to find the thing that that fits with you and as your um, example demonstrates you can even then still grow and swap that around years into a very successful coaching practice so there's never anything um, lost by having a session with someone on something completely different. I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. My philosophy. Yeah. You can't just do one, you know, one coach training. I know you think the same way. It's about yeah. if we're going to be good role models and um, keep ourselves mm-hmm. at the forefront, then yeah. And I mean, I know people do, to start off with, you know, they might grab the the grow model or, you know, a model like that because it's pretty simple, it's easy and it's something to just to start off with. But there's just so much more out there and th- th- that's one of the reasons I wanted to have this conversation with you because I think this is just a perfect example of there's th- of so many ways of thinking out there in the world that can be applied to coaching and that's what's exciting about it for me. Fantastic, yeah. yeah. All right, well, thanks for joining us, Karen. Is there anything else you wanted to say about it before we drop off? Think- I think not, Robin. Thank you so much for a really thorough examination of and putting me through my thinking. <laughs> so hopefully, um, together we've done a, a, a bit of a job in helping people understand. Yeah, and they can always contact you for more questions. So we'll put your details on the end of this post as well. Many thanks, Robin. Yep. See, See you later. later. Bye.